0: By Manning here. Welcome to the Garden Report. Josue Pavone rejoining us. And we'll start right in that last play, Josue. Uh, disaster defending in Utah. Another bad loss. I th- I'd stack up that second half among the worst this year. And a pretty disheveled sh- Celtics team goes from uh, cruising in the first half, 19 point lead, excellent offense, nice bench contributions. To melting down offensively around halftime, playing poor defense throughout the second half, no forcefulness on that end, uh, and melting down on the last couple possessions. Didn't like the Grant shot, obviously. Uh, didn't like the Tatum shot before. I guess were, I heard actually from your uh, TV in the background, Joe Sway, they were going for, for a two for one there, I guess. I don't get it. Um, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Which one? The Grant or the one before that? The what, Tatum that was the two shot? for one again?
0: Tatum going right for the launching three. Um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I figured,
1: but still, you, you still get a better look than that. I, I mean, yeah, before, he, before he chucked
0: it, but you're down one, not a good look, not a good shot for Tatum lately. Another bad Tatum game. Uh, they double him. I actually jinxed them. I think in our group chat, he was passing out of those so well early. It looked like he was going to be Tatum's best playmaking game in a while. Second half, he gets taken off the ball. Jalen ends up with the ball in his hands a bunch. Grant has a great game, uh, but on the final shot, just runs right into Walker Kessler and uh, gets stuffed. Uh, I think fourth block for Kessler on that play. and I don't know. That couldn't have been how Joe drew it up, could it?
1: I don't think so, but then again, I mean, if you want to surprise everyone, I, I guess that's the way you do it. But you, you see the guy stack down low. I mean, where's the opening? And especially because opposing teams are so used to Grant's up like it's getting ridiculous. You know, even when he's right in front of the basket, they know he's going to do it. And at the end of the game, it was no different. But I mean, if that was the, the you know the element of surprise there, I I, I guess I you know. <laughs> You, you want to say you can see why Jones will want to do something like that, but again, when you when you see two bigs down there waiting for him, unless he wanted him right to pull up, there. yeah, I mean, like you, you're better off giving the ball to Hauser in the corner because he would have had a clean look uh, instead of going down low, which is obviously the the high percentage shot, high percentage look. But when you got two guys waiting waiting for you and your Grant Williams, I mean, yeah, that's not that's not a great it's not a great shot.
0: Plenty to talk about through this this one, not much of it good. Uh, I'm going to do my best, John, tonight, I guess, because I'm frankly disgusted by this effort here. I mean, it is.
1: Disgusted. Let's go. Bring it, Bobby. I like it. Let's go.
0: I'm worried and I'm disgusted just because of that late-game execution. It's not getting better. It gets worse as the game goes on. This offense stalls in the fourth quarter. And I get it. They're missing some guys in this one. They've rebounded. Yeah, you got to remember that,
1: especially, yeah.
0: The rebound and killed them with no Al and no Rob. Other guys got to step up in that department, though. Uh, the forcefulness, I'll keep going back to that word, not there defensively right now. You look up and they're fourth in the NBA, but you don't see it on any given night. And this it wasn't just about Rob last year. This wasn't just about Smart. These were individual guys embracing their individual matchups and shutting guys down and switching effectively and playing on a string. The Jazz could score at will in this one. If not on the first try, then on the second try they'd get it. Rebounding, I don't know where this issue came from, but it's a big one on this trip. Uh, Three-point coverages blown throughout this game, and then in the end, Laurie is just scoring at will in the paint. Uh, and that's what flipped this game. Last couple of possessions, we talked about the Grant, um, uh, the Grant miscue on the last play. We talked about Tatum's pull-up. A flagrant foul that I didn't love by Jalen, but they're caught off guard in transition off a three-point miss. Um, you know, they say the layups are worse than threes there, but the Jazz broke right out off that Grant three miss. A couple free throws on a foul by Grant the play before. Uh, pulled the Jazz within four. They got three out of that free throw sequence because the Celtics couldn't rebound the couple misses by Kessler and Ugbaji gets a three. Uh, and again, you weren't facing all-stars tonight. Taylen Horton, Tucker... Akai Agbaje, Chris Dunn hurt you at times. I almost looked in the first half, Joe Sway, at the guys they were playing, and I'm like, is Utah in some kind of tanking time right now? But they turned it up in that second half and just dominated the Celtics.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it was the, the the criteria of how you beat the Celtics, right? You you beat them on the glass. You, the Celtics give up a, a season high in offensive rebounds. That was huge for these for this team. You know, second chance opportunities. And then, I mean, I'm not gonna say this is the biggest reason why they lost, but it certainly contributed to the fact it was Jalen picking up that flagrant. And and you know, did you not, think it was a flagrant? I don't think it was, Bobby. I I don't. But I, I either did. way. I don't think the Celtics responded in the way they were supposed to. I mean, obviously they didn't, right? You didn't get a, a a better look in one of your last possessions of the game. The very last possession obviously you come up short, but like you're you're the the margin of error is super thin with this team and it doesn't matter which which uh, uh opposing you know teams waiting for them you know on the other side it seems like it's a 50-50 chance you know who if, if they're gonna win a game in the last couple of minutes because there's the poor execution and look teams are teams are hip to, to how to beat the Celtics in that regard right in terms of you know cleaning up the glass effort you know you look at the box score you see no rob no al so you, you, you try to take advantage of that so the Utah Jazz did that But the Celtics needed to respond better, you know, in that fourth quarter, especially that last five minutes where I felt like, okay, it wasn't going to going to be the the prettiest of wins. But you certainly got the feeling that they were going to pull out the W and for Utah to come up big in the the end the way they did. I I just think it's it's inexcusable. It really That's really what it boiled down to one of their worst losses of the season.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into all of it. Ashar Blakely's in Utah. He'll be joining us at some point. No John tonight. No Jimmy. Weekend Jimmy is in progress, uh, so Joe Sway and I are holding it down for now. So bring yes, your comments. Sir. We'll throw them up. Bring your super chats, your questions. We'll get. We'll hit them all. Uh, first, of course, <laughs> you
1: said it's not like you said stupid chats for a second. <laughs> <your> super chats. <laughs> like send no, your be send your chat tonight yeah. for sure post um, your post your overreactions we're here for it you know fuck it saturday
0: night let's do Fan it FanDuel, uh we love FanDuel. they're still hanging out with us we're still enjoying them through mark's madness right now and a uh, lot of people sure,
1: are as well bobby man there's people winning big th- th- this week for sure they're right
0: own company uh, they're killing it right now joe sway and i haven't gone going full speed ahead but we've taken advantage we got that 200 hundred dollar bonus in our uh in our bank and we're ready to let it fly as these as these March Madness games continue. They've been tough to pick, um, but you're able to get a number of upsets going. And uh, I got Miami on a comeback yesterday. That was fun. Um, but those games are fun to bet. So many every game in and out. Uh, and of course, Fanduel sponsoring the Garden Report and CLNS Media as a whole love to have them. Uh, go to Fanduel.com/slash Boston for two hundred dollars in bonus bets when you place your first. $5 bet, $10 first deposit required. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on, but wanted to toss a shout out to them um, at the beginning of the show here. Uh, let's get into Tatum's night. I want to go to Grant pretty quickly, but Tatum to me is the headliner from this one, as he has been throughout much of this stretch uh, here. Another lackluster game on the whole. A great start. I loved his activity early, but he finishes fourth. Um, 412 from the field, Uh, 3 of 8 from 3, which was solid. A good three-point shooting night for the Celtics. A great one, frankly, at 43%. Uh, 22 of 51. They don't lose often when they hit that I was just going to say, this
1: is usually a win, you know? Yeah,
0: Yeah, this is probably their first or second loss all year, I think, shooting this good. Um, Definitely their second since that hot start. When they're shooting over the league average from three, they're almost automatic when they hit this many threes, or at least especially when percentage. they're over 40%. Right? Yeah. So, Rare showed all the little things they did wrong in this one the rebounding margin, 62 to 49. Uh, you don't see 60 often on the glass, but Yikes. the Jazz did it. Uh, turnovers, six. So, not a killer night there. Jazz only had seven uh, when we're looking at the things Joe Missoula looks at. And twenty-two to sixteen, the uh, Jazz win the free throw battle. Uh, not enough free throws from the Celtics. Not enough from Tatum to make up for his night there. Uh, just a couple turnovers, but minus thirteen, worst on the Celtics. He's usually a plus-minus uh, machine. And like I said in the chat, Joe Sway, I don't think double teams are normally effective against him. I think he passes out of them, gets moving, and finds good spots to uh, follow up from. Tonight in this game, they put the ball in other guys' hands, and Tatum couldn't get it. So more often than not, he couldn't get shots off. 12 shots, not a ton for Tatum. Brown shoots 19 in this one. Grant shoots four more threes than Tatum, which probably hasn't happened all year. No, no, that definitely hasn't happened. And it was a heck of
1: a night for Grant. It's unfortunate it ended the way it did because, you know, you don't put this game on, you don't put this on his shoulders, right? You don't say, oh, well, he, he couldn't make that layup, so that's the reason why they lost. I mean, he's the biggest reason why they had a chance to win it, right? I mean, hitting some big shots, especially the last three-pointer he made, you know, um, when this team really needed it. And yeah, as for Tatum, Bobby, I mean, look, this has sort of been the story. This is sort of the version of, of, of Tatum we've seen throughout this West Coast road trip where he's doing a a... a, a a way he's a, he, he's he's approaching the offense in a way of trying to get other other guys involved, but he's not finding that offensive rhythm at the same time, right? I mean, I, I get it. There's no Marcus in this one. He, he he's trying to be that that playmaker, that that version of himself that we've seen this season, and he's trying to do it on a bigger level. But I feel like a lot of it has to do with with, with getting guys involved, but then also trying to f- keep that balance and and being effective on offense and you know shot selection and yeah, you know the double team, you know. He he can struggle in, in certain parts of the game in that regard, but you know when you're forced to take shots off of one foot and you're you're not getting those clean looks. I mean, you have to you have to continue to fight and get a better better looks. You know, I just feel like sometimes. Tatum sells for that, and even though he's good enough to make those shots, sometimes it doesn't help the Celtics when they aren't falling. And I thought the transition defense, especially in this game, was 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 terrible for the Celtics. I mean, look, they couldn't get back. Utah Jazz had a lot of open looks, especially in that third quarter when they went on that big run. It really gave them the confidence that they needed that to, to say, okay, we can hang around with these guys, and then at the end, let's just make the right plays, and, and maybe we'll win this one. That's exactly what happened. It ended up being a one point, you know, one point win for Utah.
0: Yeah, and. Uh, it- I'm seeing Missoula's comments now after the game.
1: Yeah, I'm interested. I'm wondering what he what he said, especially that last play. Obviously, I'm sure he got that's probably one of those first questions. But
0: so he said know, it was it, a DHO for Tatum. So they're going to go from a handoff to Grant to Tatum, based on the way the Jazz defended it. Grant tried to make a play. So as we assumed, Josue, the call was not for Grant to attack okay. the basket. There, figure.
1: One-point game. I mean, maybe maybe the game is tied, but I don't
0: know. Still. A brutal end to a turnaround night for Grant. And he had a decent finish to that Minnesota game, not a good night with the offensive rebound that clinched it. Uh, but after a game that could have turned the season around again here, he makes a bad decision on that last play. Shoots seven for 12 from three in this one. So I guess we'll get to Grant now. This is everything you're looking for from Grant right up until that last play, trying to do something. So, we try to be actually, the hero. Yeah. I actually didn't like a couple of plays down the stretch, too, from him. There was one where he hesitated in the corner. Whoever was guarding him probably got a good closeout on him and stopped him from shooting in that spot. So, I don't think he could have gotten a three off there. And he backs him down into the lane, which maybe at another time in his career, I would have liked. Um, but he hasn't shown capable of being able to score in those situations. So he fires out of that um, spot to Cornet in the corner, who of course I love, but I don't love him shooting threes. And he launches up a three, uh, kind of a waste of a possession. Uh, I'm trying to see what it led to right after that, because that's where I kind of saw the Celtics starting to spiral in this one. Uh, Granted, just hit a pair of threes in a row, tries to do a little bit too much on that play, uh, and the Jazz end up scoring the other way. And, you know, it, this is the story of grant right now when he's attacking the lane, when he's caught in between good things haven't happened, but when he's firing up threes, he's still a 40% three-point shooter this year. And Joe has stressed it. I'm sure all the assistants have stressed it. I'm stressing it from home. Just fire away. 12 threes, yeah. 20 threes, whatever it's got to be, just shoot those threes. Cause he's, that's his game. And instead down the stretch, trying to do too much, he, I think he's like 33% in between, not great around the basket this year. It's inexplicable sometimes why he doesn't either just pass out of those plays and keep it moving or just fire up quickly uh, from those spots. And we did see, even in a great game for Grant, him hesitate a couple of times.
1: Yeah. And it's almost, it's gotten to the point where like, if, if he hesitates, you know, it's going to be, it's an automatic miss. I mean, that's just, you just, that's been the the field th- throughout the entire season. And that was something I thought that he was going to be better at, at this point of the season, you know, something that he talked about going into training camp. Obviously we've been talking about it, you know, him finding ways to be effective on offense in terms of the, maybe a little bit of the mid range game, but also going to the rim, you know, finishing strong, kind of like what, dream you know evolved to in his early years sort of we've been waiting for him to do that in, in his own way right and he hasn't done that and he's not comfortable with it and just it's unfortunate I mean again it's always been if you're gonna take it take it if not pass it out make that decision quickly because you know the defense is gonna tighten up and also because it's gonna you're not striving in that you know regard right you're not gonna get any better if you continue to to Hesitate and not know what you're going to do, and it seemed like he was going to go in the right direction like a couple of months ago. Until he had that cold stretch, and then once he was 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 in uh, Joe Mazula's doghouse, all of a sudden, you know, he he's been really really questioning himself. And I thought this was a really good game for him to bounce back. Overall, it's a good game. It's it's way more than we expected from Grant going into this game. However, yeah, those little things. I mean, it's tough. Hopefully, he can he can uh, learn from this.
0: They've been waiting for it to happen, and they've continued to find opportunities his way. They've increased his opportunities, and this has to be why he lost favor on the team, uh, things like this. It, it, there's no other good explanation to me because, again, tonight you see up and down the lineup, Blake, okay, minus six, not a great night for him, definitely not as good as uh, yesterday's game, and a back-to-back certainly doesn't bode well for him. Uh, to start a game Sam Hauser two or seven didn't get a shot off great in this game but plays a plus nine Uh, Cornette plus three four five but bad second half from him Uh, that turnover play underneath the basket wasn't pretty bodied on the boards in the second half Uh, and Mike Mascala hit a pair of shots didn't play a ton but more than he had all road trip combined pretty much uh, to this point and uh, he, he's just kind of floating out there. I thought even he tried to do a few uh, a little too much on a couple of different plays down the stretch there. So the Celtics certainly didn't have great front court options in this game. Grant played excellent uh, up until about the fourth quarter. He even got some good stops, I thought. So this would have been a good game to get him right and get him going in the uh, positive direction. Joe Sway and one, two, maybe three plays uh, undermined that night. Now if he's able to look at it from a balanced standpoint and say. I figured some stuff out tonight. I, I try to make a big play late, didn't work. Oh well, erase it, move on, continue to do these things. I think the Celtics are going to be in a better spot right now, but nothing about their play over the last couple of weeks here makes me think that they're going to be able to brush this off, find some consistency, uh, and build on some of the good things they've done tonight. They've been up and down, up and down, up and down. It's the story of this road trip.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you hope that after the trip they can you, you find some sort of you know consistency, some continuity. But then again, I mean, Bobby, a lot of times uh, the, the teams that go into the playoffs, they just take things up a notch, right? I mean, you hope that's the case for the Celtics, but uh, I mean, first things first, you want to see them find some momentum, you know, before the, before the playoffs start. And this isn't, this isn't it, right? All of a sudden, you know, is this team going to be going in as a third seed? I mean, that's what we're talking about now, right? I mean, like that's the point of, this, of the season that we're at because of, because of games like this, because of poor finishes like this, where you're wondering which team's going to show up, and, and, and you got another tough matchup coming up, right? Sacramento Kings, I mean, we don't have to look ahead right now, but like you can't help but wonder which team is going to show up and, and which players are going to be there, right? I mean, they've been beat up, they're not 100%. But you're still expecting a better effort. And we're getting way too used to seeing this team blow double digits lead like like that's normal. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about a team that's striving to to win a championship, a favorite, one of the favorites to win a championship. And this has just become the norm. It was a 17 point this time. I mean, it's not like 10, 11, 12 points anymore. We're talking about. Right. They're doing this at another level. And the Celtics have to – they have to find ways to to stop doing that, honestly. they got to figure this thing out because that's not going to work well in the playoffs. It's not going to work well against any team in the Eastern Conference in a best-of-seven series where a team is literally figuring you out every game, you know, as you go in the best-of-seven, and you're not even quite sure, how one, how healthy this team is going to be, and two, how are they going to close out games?
0: I'm thinking, too, on that last play, and I want to keep running through this fourth quarter because – So many bad things happen here. Uh, And they almost lifted themselves out of it at times. Brogdon got aggressive. They was attacking one-on-one, and I saw quite a few people tweeting at me tonight that they didn't love Brogdon's approach tonight. Not much playmaking from him. The Celtics struggled to make plays in this game after that first half. Uh, Brogdon took on a scoring role. I think that's become his role. Uh, You had that sequence where Brown was trying to handle the ball. He gets an eight-second call. I think that was in the fourth quarter. Uh, And threw the ball away to end the third quarter, I believe. Yeah, those two plays from the end of the third. Um, Utah uh, hangs in there through the Celtics shooting, uh, through the big first-half deficit, and they just kept attacking, which was key. Everybody on the Jazz played aggressively. Uh, They continued to get second-chance points. They continued to chase those loose balls. And they just stayed close enough to be able to strike when the Celtics got sloppy offensively, and that happened often. Even the good plays, like that Tatum-Brogdon-Grant passing sequence across the perimeter, not much interior presence on that play, not much dribble penetration, not much um, paint touches throughout this stretch here. Uh, so you're not seeing them do the things offensively that make them successful. They're just putting shots up there, which they want to do in volume, which... Typically works, but not tonight Uh, on a night where uh, you're losing possessions, where you're losing the free throw battle, where you're losing that rebounding battle. Teams are able to kind of close that advantage you have uh, in the three-point shooting game by doing those little things. And that's like what worries me most right now, Joe Sway. is for some reason, the Celtics just aren't there right now. Um, When it comes to defending hard, when it comes to making multiple efforts offensively, when it comes to even just crashing off defensive boards, I didn't think we'd be talking about that as an issue. Joe Sway, they were the best defensive rebounding team in the league uh, yeah. up until this recent stretch. So this issue came out of nowhere. And I don't want to hear about Rob. They didn't have Rob at the start of the year and they were rebounding great. Right. Uh, there's yeah. just something slipping right now for this group. And we've seen t- these teams, uh, Joe Sway, whether it was the first half of last year, whether it was that entire 2021 year, even the end of the bubble where things got really weird, something's not right right now with this group. And we're seeing a lot of it play out in terms of tangible things on the court, Uh, but there's got to be a lack of leadership, urgency, or or, or just, I I guess kind of structure that's making them play so loose. They almost looked like they were freestyling in that fourth quarter uh, to some degree. And Joe's right. talked about kind of stepping in and taking the reins a little bit more as these leads start to sh- slip, and I didn't see it tonight. How many good, like, set plays did you see them run to get a good quality shot?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a that's a part of this where we have to wonder how is Missoula going to get this team to bounce back? I mean, maybe not just mentally, but just, you know, in terms of those those plays. And that fourth quarter, I mean, look, at the end of it, we all figured that wasn't the play, I'm glad it wasn't. You know, Grant made, yeah, made a poor decision. So, I mean, that's a good thing. But you wonder how he gets it, how he's going to galvanize his team and, and get them to, to play the right way. You know, when, when OK, maybe not having all those guys doesn't help things. I mean, obviously it doesn't help things. Right. But still, I mean, against a team like this. Uh, you look at the the box score and you, you wonder if it's an effort thing. You know, are these guys just bored? Are they just waiting for the playoffs at this point? I mean, are you getting the best effort? You're getting the best effort from most teams, you know, could, just because you're the Celtics and you're a top-notch team in the NBA. But how much does it play out? I mean, how much of it is the Celtics just not meeting that – level of effort, right, in terms of w- meeting that sense of urgency that they that a team like the Celtics is supposed to always have, regardless of who they're playing and regardless of what time of the year it is. And, you know, sure, guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, I mean, the, the, the best scoring duo in the NBA, you know, you, you wonder when one of these guys can just take over a, a game, but that's not always going to be the case. You have to have other guys step up as well. And I think we're seeing that in a big way, you know, on this road trip, this West Coast road trip.
0: All right, let's give the people what they want. We're going to talk about Joe Missoula next uh, after this. And I'm, I'm getting worried about him. I, I am. And I've defended him. I think it's reactionary at times to go after the coach when the players seem to be the ones letting their guard down, playing loose, not structuring themselves. And that seems to be the goal of the team. But it's hard not to look at the coaching right now, uh, especially in a game like this. I thought Missoula had a heavy hand in this loss, and we're going to get to that. Uh, shout out to FanDuel, and shout out to a Sherrod Blakely, who's in Utah. I was going to get to Joe. Sherrod, uh, you can go there if you'd like. Yeah, um, go there. Go there, Sherrod. Do
1: Let's do it. But Look at him. He's so want If upset. you want to well, go anywhere so
0: else, hard. feel free.
1: It's bad enough you're out in Utah, man, but you got to watch that. What what, what happened?
2: I can can deal with being in Utah. Utah doesn't (laughs) suck nearly as as much as people think it does. But this team, the Celtics, they do. This was inexcusable. Uh, And I don't care whether you're missing Marcus Smart, Al Horford, it it doesn't matter. You cannot lose a game like this the way they did. Uh, where do you where do you want to begin? Well, let's just start with you. Since you're talking about Joe, uh, shout out to Will Hardy for actually mm. coming up with a game plan that he stuck with, coach. was working and yeah. didn't deviate. He did not deviate from the game plan. No. They were going to double team. They were going to blitz. They were going to do anything and everything to disrupt Tatum's rhythm and getting the ball back. And what bothered me the most about it was Tatum's initial reaction was perfect. Yeah. They come at you, get rid of the ball. But here's yeah. the thing. you got to go back and get the damn ball back. You've got, because when you do that, you're putting stress on that defense and put them on the adjustment scale and not you. Because the, and, and that didn't happen. It's like he'd get rid of the ball and they just, you know, he might get it back the next possession. Or he might get it back late in the shot clock. No, your best player needs the ball back to see what is that defense gonna do? Are they gonna try to come with a hard blitz again or are they gonna go back into and play a normal defense? And if they do normal, then you attack. If they blitz again, then you do the same thing you did, and then you attack that defense, because at that point, they will have locked in, have two or three guys on Tatum, and that leaves one of your other guys with a chance to score and attack off the dribble in a more ISO-type situation. There were so many little basic fundamental read-and-react moments in this game that they just didn't do. Uh, Tatum was horrible tonight. This was one of the worst games I've seen him play. Um, he just didn't look engaged at all and he's had some games where you you're kind of questioning where he was at but I mean this was as close to him going through the motions as I've seen him since he's been a Celtic and it's disappointing because even with that they still had a chance to win this game Mm -hmm. I mean to me they wasted a perfectly good Grant Williams game uh they wasted a perfectly good you know uh you know Malcolm Brogdon I thought did some really good things in this game you know Blake Griffin I thought this Muscala but you start going down the line, pretty much everyone did a little bit more than they normally do. And typically when that happens, you win. All you need is your stars to be somewhat close to what they normally do. Like Jalen, I didn't think Jalen was bad. I didn't think he was great. I think Jalen played
0: he pretty, aggressive,
2: as he has. Yeah, this was a Jalen game. I mean, there was there, – there, and again, we talked about this. You know, Jalen's highs and lows, there's not a lot of separation between them. So for Jalen, this was a pretty normal game. But, but Tatum was just so bad on so many levels.
0: Yeah, and I want your take on the last play, Sharad, before we get into Joe. So apparently Joe, I'm hearing the tweet, said that it was supposed to be a dribble handoff for Tatum, which in itself, after a couple games ago there where they went away from Brown on the last play, probably questionable. You know, you might have wanted to go to Brown in this spot if you were going to do any diversion. But it felt like Grant just took the play into his own hands and attacked and got blocked. Yeah. And 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 again, it,
2: this was one of those games where you you're just going to live or die with Grant's decisions. Because remember, he he took that big three and made it. That put them up, I think, like four or five. Yeah, that he hit that, so, that could make deep, it sick. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they he was having one of those kind of nights where his decision making yeah, is a little little sketchy, but he's making plays and he's being aggressive. And you you need that. You you absolutely need him to be in that mindset. But in that particular instance, um, no, stick to the script. I think <laughs> it's, it's best to stick, right. stick to the script. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still, you know, and I, I think, I, I, think I speak for a lot of Celtics fans, and I'm just wondering why are we not seeing more plays for Jalen Brown down the stretch? Um, he's been the one guy that's been consistently aggressive. He's the one guy whose highs and lows aren't really that. There's not a lot of variance with them, and yet you know he seems to be like that really nice leather sofa uh in the living room that looks great uh great furniture but no one's really sitting on that no one is really giving that the attention that it deserves and then I'm I think a lot of fans are looking at the Celtics wondering what's why is that uh it's not like Jalen is is asking and Jalen is you know he's you start looking at what Jalen's doing, his overall game. Remember the biggest concern we had about Jalen was getting the ball to others, getting other guys involved. You start looking at his numbers, I think he had, what, six assists tonight, and I don't think he had a turnover. Yeah. yeah. Six assists
0: with a turnover. He plays out of the pain in the first I mean,
2: half. A lot of and, – and I didn't think he made as many in the second half, but that's okay because if I can get half a – Game of great plays for others from Jalen Brown. That's you're going to be happy with that. You're not going to question that. Um So I just think the Celtics they have a lot of things that don't really add up at this point, this late in the season. That should
0: they they're not playing with good feel. You talk no. about Brown. I didn't. I haven't even mentioned it yet. But something we talk about on the show all the time. Derek White, zero fourth quarter minutes. Right. When you're seeing a second half develop where. The playmaking shaky where guys aren't connected, where turnovers start to creep in a little bit. They had that sequence with Brown taking the ball up that didn't look good after a great closing sequence to the third is when the chatter said they go on that, I think, 11-0 run with some good structure at a timeout. I think Joe certainly stepped in in that spot. But then they play White zero minutes in the fourth. Lots of cornet, lots of big lineups. At one point, I think they went triple big uh, Mm -hmm. during that sequence with Grant, Mascala, and and, uh, Luke. I know you're getting killed on the boards, but that takes White off the floor, limits your playmaking a little bit. Tonight was not a good playmaking night for Brogdon, as good as he was as a scorer. Tatum, we just talked about his issues there. So you effectively played heavy chunks of minutes in the fourth quarter without a good playmaker on the floor. Yeah. Which you can't do. You know, you gotta if you're gonna be an offensive team, you gotta put offensive lineups out there, you gotta be more willing to play. Small, I think, and you got to flex your advantages on that end. And Joe just got caught in between lineup-wise in this game, ends up all over the place again. And offensively, the structure just wasn't there in the fourth, to where you're wondering when he's going to step in again. Timeouts in that fourth. I don't. I hate to go there again, but mm-hmm. were there any?
1: The <laughs> I think there was one when uh...
0: they had one after yeah. the marking and three
1: after the big three. Yeah, that was yeah. Like...
0: So they try to cut off a run there. Uh, before it even started, but that was the last one until crunch time when they set up the uh, pair of plays that weren't great either. This uh, was a game
2: that when they go back and look at the film, everyone needs to just be like, double double pat on the chest. My bad. Yeah. I, because coaches were bad, the players were bad, the execution was bad, the rota- everything about the Celtics was bad in this game. Uh, I don't, uh, I mean, again, you have your glimmers of hope where Grant had, I thought had a good overall game, you know, but he made some mistakes down the stretch as as we've talked about. And, you know, Brogdon, you know, showed some life offensively, but he, again, as you, as you pointed out, Bob, his playmaking wasn't quite as sharp and crisp as they needed. Uh, and, and, you know, Muscala, I thought gave him a little something, but he also hurt them in many, uh, instances. This was just a bad game. Uh, and, and I, it's. It's making, I think, a lot of people uncomfortable going into the playoffs when you're having the kind of issues that you would think 60, 65, 70 games into the season wouldn't be issues. Um, You know, I've I've got a story that's running on my sub stack. It'll be tomorrow morning uh, about really the only thing that they can feel good and comfortable with right now is Al freaking Horford. Yeah. He's literally, he's literally yeah. the one element in all of this this big jigsaw puzzle that is the Boston Celtics that you look at and say, Yeah, I kind of know what I'm getting with that and I like it. Uh I don't is I mean other than Jalen Brown, maybe may, is that the that maybe those are the only two people. I wish we
1: could say the same thing. about Derek White, but before, you know, up until what last week or so? Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, and, and
2: Derek is, is a tweener in that regard. I mean, I, I think you can make a case for or against he could be in that group, but there's right. no one else that's close. Uh, and, and that's disturbing when you're going into the playoffs, expected to contend for a title, and you start looking at Philadelphia playing their best basketball right now. You look at Milwaukee, even when Milwaukee doesn't win, they compete. And when they lose, there's usually a clear explanation like, you know, not having Giannis, uh, that kind of hurts your chances. And yet there they are fighting to the absolute end uh, to to win. And the Celtics, I I don't – it's it's hard to figure out where things just kind of fell apart because it feels as though this team is falling apart at the worst time of the season. And, and again, the, boy, the other boy. thing – I, I and the thing I, I keep coming back to, you know, after ever since we got past the All Star break, is they're just two games above 500. They're, they're a slightly better than average team. And last I checked, slightly better than average teams don't win championships.
0: They don't no, have this, is, this is what we were talking about before you got in here, Sherrod. We've watched this team at their worst over the last couple of years, and you can feel it, you can sense it, you can, in retrospect, go back and say something wasn't right there. Uh, and you, you see the results, 2020, the collapse in the East Finals, 2021, just a woefully mediocre season. Uh, and even the first half of last year had some shades, some ugliness that reared its head in the NBA Finals. And you're seeing it again now. This group, to me, like the word I'd use tonight is just freestyling. They're a little too loose. They're not connected. They don't have anyone out there to bring structure to the offense. And smarts out. That's a big deal. Horford as you set out those are huge losses when you're already missing Rob so you're out three starters you understand a game like this going haywire a little bit but not after you do so many good things in the first half and you shoot 43 percent from three in this game those are the things that are so shocking to me uh, when you consider how this game went in that second half even a great closing stretch in the third Uh, so I Joe keeps harping on these little things they're not responding I think Joe probably behind the scenes is probably harping on how Grant needs to play. You finally get it from him in this game, and then it slips up in the closing seconds. Defense, I, I don't get it. The the forcefulness just isn't there, and it really yeah. hasn't been all year, despite them looking uh, good statistically on that side of the ball. So I'm like, I, I I've held out on it because I hate going to the coach. But for some reason. It just doesn't seem like Missoula is getting the responsiveness at a critical moment well, in this season. There, from this there, were, there,
2: were mo- yeah, there were moments in this game that in that particular moment, it didn't seem like that big a deal. But as you're watching it, you're thinking that's going to back and bite him in the ass that's going to come back and bite him in the ass it was little things like when they turn the ball over and Derek White the is, eighth coming, second is getting back violation? yeah the eighth that was a horrible that and and you know I, I was thinking that damn is he going to really get away with this because he was like at nine when he was just getting to the half to, getting to midcourt uh and it's little things like when they turn the ball over in transition and Derek White is back he's not trying to block that shot even though he's like maybe the best shot blocking guard in the NBA, he's letting these guys go for layups. I want you to block that shot or put that guy on his ass and put him at the free throw line. Do something to show some type of force. And there were too many moments like that where they make a mistake, and rather than double down on effort to try to combat it, they just say, "Oh well, you know, we'll just get ready for the next possession." We'll get it you, back, yeah, right? Yeah, and 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 that, that that's just that's not how this cha- that's not how you become a champion. Uh, champions don't just let little things slide champions squash the little things Uh, champions understand that the little things over the course of a 48 minute game are going to add up and ultimately cost you uh i mean there is a think about in a one-point game there's at least 10 11 12 13 possessions that if your effort would have been a little bit better you might not have given up those points and then the whole grant you know Play would have been a moot point because he wouldn't have been in position to have to make that critical of a, of a call in the fl- on the fly, uh, and so I like Grant. I don't have. I, I'm not. I'm not mad at Grant for what he did because he should not have been. In, they should not have had him in a position where he had to make that decision. They should have had control of the game
1: before that. But does it say something about uh, the the relationship? I mean, I don't know. Not to get too deep, but you know what I mean. Like it's like you know what, Coach. I'll show you. You've been benching me a couple times here and there. You pick your spots. Not only am I going off tonight, but I'm i I'm i am I'm gonna win this year. You know, I'm gonna be the hero. You tonight. know what?
2: Listen, listen, Grant was feeling himself. One, because of how he was playing, two, because of how his alma mater, Tennessee, was playing. You, yeah. Better, yeah, believe, you better believe Grant was he flapping was just... those gums before the game about Tennessee doing <laughs> it was one of those and, weekends. And, and shout outs to Tennessee. I mean, they they did they did what they needed to do. I much respect that. But to me, Grant. I I loved his game up until the very end because I didn't like the fact that he was put in that position where he needed to make that judgment call. I I, I just think that Grant at this point, um, I don't want to see him in that situation much, if at all. Uh,
0: I want to see him do what he did over the first
2: three quarters of the game and then go from there.
0: Here's Grant in the final play. um, Designed to get the ball to JT. Normally a big comes up and guards the play. Took that guy off the ball. Uh, so I was open against Laurie as soon as I caught it. I was in the lane. I took a dribble, tried to look up and see if anyone was available. JB fell to my left, had Sam to my right. Yeah, I I that's your team. better
1: look. You should have threw that to
0: Sam. Yeah. And then there was probably three seconds left on the clock. JT yeah. was in the backcourt. I think someone in the chat mentioned that, that Tatum really wasn't in position to get the ball. I right. go back and look at that. Malcolm was out of bounds. So it was like I've got to get a shot up at least. So I try to make contact with Walker, shot fake, then trying to get the ball at least off the glass. Like, so we can get off like ninety-eight
1: percent of Grant's plays. Yeah, that's a, The shot but, fake.
0: But the, but
2: the the idea that it was designed for a dribble handoff to to Tatum, um, I, yeah, that's what they normally do. Guess what? Yeah. I mean, if you're scouting, that's exactly what you're looking for.
1: This exactly Hardy was hip to it. Hardy knew. He knew. It,
2: that's, that's why I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I keep telling myself that Joe is going to tweak things a little bit come playoff time because even he has to recognize the predictability of his ATOs um, and, and late game calls.
0: Right. They've I'm, gone to that same Philly one a couple of times. Over yes. The last weeks.
2: Yes. And, 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 you know, he, you know, he is admitted, he'll, he's taken passages and pages from Brad Stevens playbook. I would love for him to take the, the variety package, uh, brad did not have any one player that he was absolutely married to taking the last shot Yeah, and that's why a lot of times those plays work because he had confidence in the entire five men on the floor where you've got guys like jeff green uh who was maybe a fourth option some nights taking the game winner from the corner fade away uncle jeff in the corner exactly play. so i'll never forget that so you yeah so i i I keep telling myself that he's going to figure this out and it's going to change in the playoffs, but it's hard to hold on to that belief when you keep seeing these type of things happen.
0: Yeah, I think a lot falls on Joe out of this one—the late game execution, the white minutes, freeing Tatum. Not much to get him going, and that's—I'm just
1: afraid they'll stop listening to him, Sherrod. That's what I'm afraid of. Like he'll lose that voice in the locker room. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen right away, but these things sort of happen little by little,
0: right? Well, you're seeing a small thing with the threes, Jalen, kind of coming out and. Talking against the threes to some degree after that Knicks loss in MSG where they shot like 21%. Uh, And then I think just their responsiveness to the things he wants them to do. They locked into it for that one game against, I think, Atlanta. At the beginning of this trip, you saw them pretty much do all those little things he's talked about. But they slip up in a big way with those again here. Minnesota wasn't great and Houston was a disaster. Uh, So... There's some lack of responsiveness by this group. Last night was good in Portland, but that Portland team just doesn't seem to be able to muster much resistance. Yeah, I mean, you
2: you, you got to look at that Portland game with an asterisk, and that asterisk yeah. and the small princess. This team didn't really give a damn about winning. <laughs> so, um, what, what what you did against them should not hold any significant weight at all.
0: And I didn't think the Jazz put up too much resistance to start this game. And this is you go back and watch this game. First half was a different world. I know the double teams, the consistency of that worked out as the game went on, shroud But they didn't pick up guys into the half court at certain points. So the Celtics were just thrown to some guys at certain points who had wide open lanes to the basket. It happened with Brown at one point. Grant got a wide open dunk. This Jazz defense is dreadful. Um, well, start to finish this season, really. their bottom 5'10 defense. Yeah. So this yeah. is the kind of team, you know, I know you shoot 43% from three. This one kind of falls on the defense, I think. And I'm going to keep looking back to that. You you didn't guard with enough forcefulness, and I thought Scal was right on it. Why aren't guys up on bodies? Why isn't there on-ball defense preventing penetration? There was a play in the first half uh, where I think marketing got right downhill and a cutter and Kessler was flying toward the basket, and the Celtics were just kind of standing in the paint, helpless.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a problem. That that was a problem. I thought all game long because they never played with any kind of force. Uh, you, and it, the thing about it, I didn't think Utah was playing with great offensive force early on. I think Utah was just kind of running her sets, and Boston was just like, go ahead and run your sets, and that's not how you. That's not how you win. Um, you have to put your imprint on the game. I, I look back again on a lot of those turnovers in transition where Boston had numbers back and Utah attacked, and Boston just kind of said, we're just going to let you go in and we're going to try to get these points back on offense uh, rather than taking a hard foul, trying to contest the shot at the rim, uh, doing the kind of things that we've seen them do throughout the season. Uh, that was just nowhere to be found with any kind of consistency. And this is what happens when you do that. You get your ass kicked.
0: That simple. How does White play zero minutes in the fourth? If he's hurt, yeah.
2: <laughs> that better be the case. That better be the case. That's the only reason why. That will be the only reason why. Yeah, stop. I mean, right. The only bigger no show than the Celtics' defense is this this knucklehead behind me, Tony Jones. Oh, hey, Tony. <laughs> hey. I didn't see that. <laughs> Too
1: far, bro. Too far. I love Tony. That's my guy.
0: I love Tony's tweet he, he some
1: He said something smart, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah. John,
0: yeah, Tony knows I love him. Talk about um, another example of how much this game changed. In the first half, the Celtics are flying up 19, I think, on a Dino run or something like that. And Tari's just standing there not calling timeout. And I think the Jazz were halfway into their set when he finally called one. So it wasn't looking good for him early in this one. No, uh, but he – Celtics were just killing in the first half. I loved their first half, and I, I didn't think it was going to go in the wrong direction.
2: See, I did, I liked it. I didn't love it, and I didn't. I, the reason I didn't love it was because the defense just didn't feel there. Uh, and my concern, was – back with, and forth. Yeah, and, and what's going to happen when those shots stop falling? I mean, are they going to make the adjustment and ratchet up the defense, or are they just going to keep you know giving Utah easy pass lane to the to the basket? <laughs> Uh, and looking at guys shooting as opposed to contesting. Uh, those are the things that I was a little bit nervous about because they were shooting the ball really well. Uh, and it was so many different guys. Because remember, at one point in the first half, I think everyone had, on the floor had scored except Tatum. Uh, yeah, he didn't that, score
0: until the second quarter. Yeah,
2: and, and so it was a, they looked really very team-centric offensively. But the defense just never, I, I thought, put their imprint on this game in a way
1: that you have to in order to win. Yeah, no question, especially giving up that many points. And they they just looked comfortable. And you look at the open looks that the Jazz were getting, and you're like, okay, this, other, this thing might come down to the wire, but they got to tighten up at some point. And they never did. I, I never got that sense that this team was going to put together two, three consecutive defensive stops. You know, you just never got that feeling.
0: They lack room protection for sure. And Cornet tries his best in there. Rebounding ends up hurting him perimeter though you're you're looking for other guys to step up across the perimeter and Grant had a solid game in between guys try to take him inside and I think he fronted them well even though he wasn't moving great side to side to me he looked a little slow at times against some of those offensive players Uh, and then you're talking about the big men who are just kind of stuck back in the drop I think that changes your whole defensive approach Uh, and then you know White's one of your better guys another reason he should be out there Brogdon has struggled in isolation this year all season, uh, and that hurts you when you're looking at the lineups out there with three big men um, and just a couple guards, Tatum on the perimeter 2 You're wondering if offense is dictating his defense uh, at this point right now when he's going through the struggles he is with his jump shot. All right. So much of this game, Grant's going to get all the flack. Joe's going to get a ton of flack. you got to keep going back to Tatum, though. I mean, four shots in the lane, at the very least – Joe Sway, earlier in this road trip, he's hitting a ton of free throws. He has 18 last game, I think, 16 sometime earlier in this trip. Tonight, just six, four shots in the lane, eight threes, none of them look great. And I guess this one kind of to me is Joe and Tatum, because, of course, Joe dove into why Tatum's taking these shots before the Celtics went on this road trip, these pull-up threes. And he's still below thirty percent. He's not finding a rhythm on those. And they're such hard looks. He hit one in that left corner uh, left wing charade where two guys are flying at him. He's leaning, he hit it. And I'm still like, man, that is a tough shot. And yeah. my thing early this year, Joe Sway, is that everything looks so easy for him, whether he was rolling to the basket uncontested or running ahead of the defense in transition or moving off ball on plays that would get him clean looks. I I don't know why they've switched to this hard, hard emphasis on making him do the tough stuff so other guys can get open. I understand it in principle, but you want Tatum rolling going into the playoffs and it almost seems like they're sacrificing his production uh, to get other guys easier looks. And in turn, that's leading him to not do those little things as much. They needed his rebounding in this game and he wasn't there. They need his playmaking. It was there early, and it disappeared late. You're just not getting enough out of Tatum right now. No, and
2: that's and and again, when he's your best player, and you realize that,
0: you got to fix it. You got to fix it. He he's he's gotta, They don't you, have an answer to free him right now. No, or they don't want to.
2: Well, you know that again. We, we go back to the fact that they're not totally whole because you don't have Rob you don't have Al you don't have Marcus you don't have this that and the other but what I'm more concerned about is the system and the style of play like if they were out there just basically trying to you know go with exercise and getting their asses kicked or they went small which to me is their strength their wings and their their defensive versatility that's their strength and I thought they, they went away from that if you're trying to lean on that and you're getting your ass kicked you're getting you're getting beat with what you do well and you can walk away and just you know what if we had Robin al probably different story but this is who we are this and we're not going to deviate from from that uh but it just seemed like they were trying lots of different stuff uh and not really figuring out what it is they wanted to do uh we we wanted the, the idea of Derek white now playing in the fourth
0: on a night where Smart's not playing and that's Trent's what gets playing. me,
1: yes, and your offense looks shaky. It's like why right. not get another playmaker out? There, and man? I and I, I talked and I I with
2: Derek a couple games ago about just just that whole wing uh, minutes distribution between him, Malcolm, and Marcus. And you know he he's you know he says what you would expect him to say. That look, I'm going to be ready when Coach calls my number. Uh, I know he doesn't it's, speak not, up. No, he's, speak he's, up. he's not. He's not. That's, that's, not, he's, not who he is, that's not who he is, though, because that's the thing. Right. And so he's not going to do that. And I, I respect that. But that's where you, as a coach, have to intervene and figure out how to get one of your most productive players to be on the floor down a stretch on a night right. when that position is weaker than it normally is. uh Because not only do you not have Marcus, you can't even turn a damn Pate Pritchard because he's hurt. So you, you, it's literally if there was ever the perfect storm for you to get him minutes in the fourth, tonight was a game
0: and you didn't. When it comes to that lack of vocalness across the board, Joe Sway, though, I worry about guys internalizing frustrations. Uh, I worry about guys growing disconnected. Well, I know the one guy who won't,
2: Jalen Brown.
0: Yeah. And you hear what he said a couple games ago. And I want to read this because John mentioned it in our chat. I don't think we brought it up on the show. He had some interesting comments after, I think, the Minnesota game uh, where he's talking about leadership and his approach in those moments because it almost feels like he sensed that they're lacking it um, in those situations. And uh, I'm going to pull up the quote now. He said, um, it's up to leadership to make sure we don't drop the ball and make sure everyone feels empowered. As the season has continued on, we've found different ways. I've been challenged as a leader, and this is one of those moments where we need a little bit of urgency. So this is one of the moments where you've got to step up, talk more, step up and be a leader in times of adversity. We've dropped a couple games, and those are the moments where you've got to step up and find ways to win and challenge our teammates. I challenge myself anytime adversity hits. Those are the moments I look to where everybody's feeling low. Those are the moments where I'm like, let's get it going. Everything's cool when everything's fine, when everyone's hitting shots. But when the boat's going down, who's going to step up? Who's going to be ready to go? I pride myself on being one of those guys. That speaks he a has lot been. to me about it, what's going been. on
2: here. He has been that of late. I mean, like I said, he's consistently positioned himself to be one of their better players over and over again. Um, his low games are better than most guys' best <clears games. <clears <throat> And that's again, that's just, that's what leaders do. They find ways to contribute uh, in a multitude of ways that don't necessarily always show up in a box score. but they impact is what ultimately is their calling card.
0: And he's doing that, and Tatum's not. That's yeah, simple. That's true. I wish I wish they could empower Brown more, Joe Slay. He does yeah. it in his own way, but I feel like they're never looking to empower him and go out of their way. I wish he'd just more. take it. I wish he just he grabbed cries. my throat. Especially this
1: game. I thought he was going to. Yeah.
2: He tries to walk that incredibly thin line between taking more, being more assertive, but being a good teammate. Um, you know, my, some listen, a, a player many, many years ago just, you know, he, he, it was maybe the truest thing he ever said. Sometimes you just need to be an asshole. Sometimes that's literally what your team needs you to be.
1: Um, you need to be that. an asshole. And, how much of and,
0: that how much of that quote I was reading is is pointed at Tatum <laughs> I
1: think I said the one that Shirai just said. <laughs> no,
2: that's not definitely not pointed at Tatum specifically. Um, but it's it's I don't think jalen is 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 the type that will single out any one individual. I think what he's speaking of is a much broader issue that is affecting his team that they don't have that. Um, and he's trying to do his part and not be uh, too overbearing about it. Um, but it's hard to do that uh, and not be an asshole, which is why uh, I'm really hoping that he embraces being an asshole at some point
1: because he's built for it. Because yeah. That gets people's attention, right, Sherrod? I mean, like oh. that's what's going to impact change, I feel like. I mean obviously they know who Jude Jalen is at this point. They know his heart is pure. You know, I don't think it would be a sense of like, oh, resentment. Like why is he but at the same time he's not gonna call people out. You know, no, but I'm I'm with you sure. I think he's gotta be he's gotta be more assertive a bit. he's
2: been here long enough and he's done enough to where he's got that kind of cash in that locker room. Exactly. He can be that and so I'm I'm hoping that he'll get comfortable enough and just be that type. Uh, and just take the blows and hits that he'll that'll come with that because he will he'll he'll there will be some scrapnel. he'll he'll take he'll absolutely uh, uh, there will be some collateral damage, but damn it, he's built for it. Uh, and I, I'm just hoping that he
0: embraces that sooner rather than later. Well, it's not like this team hasn't been successful all year in back to backs, tough situations, even games where there's a bit of a letdown or multiple guys missing. I think of a couple wins in Toronto. I think of some of the games they've pulled out in tough spots, even that Philly game where everything's going wrong late a couple weeks ago. Like, we know this team has a dog in it deep down inside uh, that they can reach into and capture, but it needs to be activated. And on a night like this, back to back in Utah, great win last night, shots of falling first half tonight, it just didn't seem like they could access it. And they waited too long to string together good possessions in that third quarter, take a little bit of a lead, and then they almost relaxed again in that fourth quarter tonight. So the commitment to what they need to do is inconsistent. I think you feel good about them accessing it when the time comes. But too many individuals right now, whether it's smart struggles, whether it's Grant, hitting another wall late in a game, um, different guys off the bench who have had ups and downs, and even Tatum in that shot. There are too many little individual things going on that I think are going to capture these guys' attention and pull it away from the greater whole. Because I think as great as Tatum was early this year, as great as Brown's been for much of this season, this was a collective success yeah. um, offensively. Everybody was playing their role. Everybody was connected, and they were running great offense. Yeah. Uh, and now I think there's just too many individual efforts trying to solve it, trying to solve their own issues, and there isn't much time left. There isn't. No,
2: no, there there isn't. There isn't. And I, I look at at Marcus's game last night. I mean, look, that's what he needs to do. Uh, elite defense drew like three or four charges. Uh, timely shots that he made uh, had a few too many turnovers. I think he had like four turnovers, um, but had six assists. I think he had four or five rebounds. Overall, though, it was a good. Marcus Smart kind of game, the kind of game that if you're going to go deep into the playoffs, you're going to need him to to play along those lines. Um, but not able to build off it because of the injury, uh, and and so that's they just got to figure this shit out. Um, I mean, it's it's not it's not like there's anything they need to add. Uh, they just need to tap into what they already have, put it together, and keep moving forward. Joe
1: Sway. Yeah, I mean, how, look, how worried are you? Um, the meter's gone up a little bit. What was it? A four last time you asked me this question? Was that where you were? No, no, I was at a six. It was one over five. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Damn,
0: are you up in Jimmy territory now?
1: Maybe a seven.
0: <laughs> that is definitely Jimmy territory. Yeah, that's right that's Jimmy. John.
1: Yeah, yeah, John's like seven, five, eight. I'm there now. I'm there now because now I'm, I'm wondering if if this mm-hmm. team's going to reach a point where they're just going to just not listen to Joe Mazzoula, you know, I, I think that's, that's where my panic meter is currently at. I don't think they'll get to that point. I you don't think,
2: think they will? will. No, I don't, think, okay. I don't
1: think they'll get to that point. I mean, it would be terrible timing, but hopefully that's not, that's not the case. I don't think it'll get to that point. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. But yeah, I mean, look, the concern is still there because this isn't the kind of, This isn't the kind of momentum, obviously, you want to see for Tina team to win a championship. But, I mean, look, there's still 10 games left, but also you're expecting them to get out of these bad habits at this point. I mean, just giving up leads, double-digit leads over and over again is one thing. But when it comes down to effort and poor execution in the fourth quarter, like, that's the stuff that's, like, well, wait a minute, how do you win the best of seven series if that's your approach, right? I mean, like the the first round, okay, sure. But then after that, look, these teams are catching up. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. look at the standings. All of a sudden, the, the, the team that was at number one for so long is, is fighting to stay afloat, in, in whether it's second or a, a third seed. I mean, that's what we're talking about now. Forget right. number one at this point. And I just think that if you're the Celtics, I mean, you don't want to – become obsessed with staring at the standings and seeing where you stand. But as a team, in terms of momentum and how you feel about your, your confidence level and all that, yeah, all that is going to gonna is gonna play a part when, you, when if you don't have that kind of momentum you're supposed to have going into the playoffs. I mean, like, it's just – it's that simple, and especially in the Eastern Conference where – Things in one through three are just are just shaking up right now, and you're the you're you're that third team that's just not where the other two are. Right? I mean, the other two teams are really finding their stride right now.
2: Yeah, I, I just felt that for the longest time it was uh, Milwaukee and Boston kind of tied at the hip, um, right? And then everyone else was just trying to figure out, you know, who's going to get the participation trophy. Uh, but no, nah, uh, the Knicks are legit. Philadelphia is legitimate. Those legit. Team, those those really? are teams that if you're the Celtics, could knock your ass out of the playoffs. They I don't shouldn't. know if those
0: teams can touch Milwaukee though, and this is where I'm. No, getting they worried. can't.
2: They can't. This, and this
0: is where I'm getting worried with the standings. Like Milwaukee might run into a breeze round one against an Atlanta yeah. or something. Yeah. New York round two or Cleveland. But if you're a three
1: seed, volume, you're playing yeah. the, uh, the six.
0: You might play Miami round one, Philly round two. I don't think you lose those series, as I've said. But yeah. you might go longer than you want to. You might run. You're gonna, they're going to stretch you out. They're going to oh, stretch guys. you out. Yeah, this the, that was the story of twenty twenty. Uh, going into these finals against the Heat, seven games against the Raptors. Uh, yeah, first round yeah. wasn't too tough that year, but still, right. you played a lot of games to get there, and that's where this team is headed. Again, talk about they the lack of experience. Yeah.
1: that's that's exactly where they're. They, they had don't right seem to realize
0: how important the standing race is right now. And yes, I get it. The, the habits and those little things are more important than where you end up, but they're oh, not getting those things right either. I something Something's just off here, and it's it's really concerning. It's really worrisome, because we're watching this team night in and night out. We know what we're watching right now isn't reflective of who this team was early in the year, and I don't know where it went wrong. Injuries probably play some part in it, but there's something deeper here in terms of commitment to what they want to do and what they want to be. I mean, it, Joe Mizzou even said it, a couple of weeks ago, we're not the same team we were last year. We're a different team. Uh, and I you right. look at that for better or for worse. I think they're,
2: I think on paper, they're better uh, because they, they had, I thought, clear holes in their roster that they addressed. And obviously, uh, you know, Danilo's injury threw that through a monkey wrench into that plan significantly. But they still. You know, getting Malcolm was huge, uh, trying to bring in Mike Muscala, which I think, again, not going to change your trajectory, but he at least addresses what was gonna a clear weakness on your team, which is a, another stretch big off that bench. Uh, but there's an edge that you got to play with uh, when you get closer towards the finish line. Uh, I, I don't think it was a coincidence that when I talked to Malcolm about a week ago and we were talking about just things to focus on this home stretch, he said, Playoff seating. we we need to we need to get as high as we can, uh, because Malcolm is wise enough to understand that he remembers the path that you create before you get to the playoffs often dictates how far you go in the playoffs. Uh, number ones, there's a reason why you know your number one seeds tend to go deeper uh, because the path that they have to take to win it all isn't as hard as a number two or three or four seed, and so I don't think they're playing with a sense of urgency that a team should have when that number one seed may be the difference between you getting to your end destination or or having your season end in
0: May. Yeah, most champions are one handful or two, less or three, and then only one. Four seed and only one six seed of one title. So the higher you are, the better odds you have, certainly, of going all of the way. The Celtics were what last year? Two? There were two or three. There were two, I think. I think there uh, were two. Behind um, – who was the one last year? It was the Heat. Uh, yeah. So you win that series in a game seven on the road. <laughs> and – yeah, it's so impossible to win out of that three spot. The Bucks probably say they're in the finals last year if they win that game seven. But the key differences are on the road, right. to Boston for that game seven, and Grant has this big night. Uh, so this is important stuff. But it got to start with playing better going into the break. Unfortunately, I don't know how much of this is out there, um, but I do know the Celtics have some like bonding things. They got a couple days off here. There's some bonding stuff in in the works for the next couple of days here. Uh, I don't know how much of that's going to turn into practice because that might be needed right now as well um, until Tuesday against Sacramento. But it's good that they're going to get some rest and relaxation in California um, over the next couple of days now before that Kings game. They need it. They need it. Um, yeah, in terms of Rob. It's be a
1: big one. It's a tough, tough matchup.
0: I think Joe said pregame, Rob that Rob could be back on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've been at shoot around. You've been around him. Uh, how much are you expecting from him? And, and could he play Tuesday? I think, yeah, I, I think he definitely can play. I mean, he, he um,
2: I think it'll be the typical Rob returns to action. You know, he'll play 10, 15 or so minutes. Uh, they're not going to play him ridiculous minutes. He'll probably play those minutes that we saw went to Muscala. And uh, maybe, you know, some that went to Cornet as well. But it, it won't be significant. Um, And I I would hope that they're bringing him off the bench because I think that that would be the easiest transition for him to kind of get into a flow, get into a rhythm and just get comfortable being out there. Um, But they need they're going to need him. They are going to absolutely need him to be back playing impactful basketball. That doesn't mean scoring, doesn't mean rebounding, doesn't mean blocking every other shot it just means making your presence felt they need more impact players at this point
0: yeah and that might lead you back towards some double big looks that group still certainly has a presence to them even if they weren't winning many stretches before the break how how much help will rob give them Josue, when he gets back you think um, I think it's just a, a an energy thing, right? He just I,
1: I think he changes the the overall flow, especially on defense. I mean, look, when it comes to the rebounding, getting the you know the outlook pass, and you know just just that presence, I feel like is is what this team's missing right now, especially on this West Coast road trip. And and look, guys. They, they get motivated just to see him back out there, right? I mean, they obviously want to see Rob do well. They want to get him involved in offense. And, you know, I think all that, you're going to see a bunch of that, you know, of course, as well. But you're also going to wonder how he responds, right? How his body responds, all this time off. I mean, the whole ramping him back up thing. This is it, right? The last ten games of the season, so you keep an eye on that. So you're not expecting a whole lot, but I, I do think he makes an overall impact and just his presence and what this team's been lacking in terms of uh coming up with defensive stops and just having that same defensive, you know, that same defensive intensity that they've been lacking pretty much since this trip started.
0: I think. I've- Ramped up, good Rob can help them quite a bit. Rebounding won't be as much of an issue anymore. Offensively, they're much better when he's out there. And defensively, he cleans up a ton too. So they take advantage when he's out there for sure. I know we haven't loved him at different points, but some of his double doubles drove some real good wins through the last stretch of the schedule out there, including the um, Warriors win, which. probably as good of a win as we can remember over the last couple of months here they've mixed in a few solid ones but uh, that's going to do it for tonight um again just a, a start on a loss in utah not a good one not a good finish a lot of stuff needs to get better going into that sacramento game because that sacramento team's just knocking off teams left and right i'll go to some final thoughts Josue. what are you thinking about over the next couple of days now
1: um, honestly, I'm thinking about uh, obviously how this team's going to respond defensively, but also on the other end, how Tatum responds, right? I mean, historically, he usually has a big night after a, a poor offensive performance. So um, maybe we're in we maybe that that that's on the you know that that's coming up. Maybe we, we can tune into that. We have that to look forward to. But just how this team responds overall, I, I mean, I, I'm expecting a, a much a significantly better effort on the defensive end of the floor. And you know, against a team like the Sacramento Kings, you you better. Otherwise, this thing could get ugly. You know, this thing could get uh, you could find yourself on the wrong end of a of a 20 point you know lead, and especially on the road, that's going to be a hard hill to climb or a really tough uh against a really tough team to come back against, you know, so I, I just, again, with Tatum responding in a way that I know he can respond and, and seeing how this team is going to look on defense, I think it's going to be a uh, huge talking points going into this game. How do they match um, up with Sacramento, Sherrod? I mean, I think they match up fairly well. I
2: mean, Sacramento's got good players, obviously. They, they're having a great season. Uh, one of the best seasons they've had in a long, long time. Mike Brown, I think – for most, should be this year's coach of the year. Uh, it's one Maynard, thing to yeah. win; I like uh, that. It's another thing to win in Sacramento, which does not happen very often. Uh, so it's it's going to be a good matchup for the Celtics. But the, the bottom line to me with them is is this: your defense. Uh, Tatum is going to have his ups; he's going to have his downs. But your defense has to be more solid. It has to be more consistent. Because even when they were knocking on all those damn shots tonight, uh, the defense was a step below maybe two steps below where it should have been. And that typically catches up to you at some point, whether it's that particular game or at some point on that particular stretch of your trip. Uh, So their defense needs to be more solid from the jump. And if they're able to do that, if they get back to playing with that defensive edge that we know they have, uh, it'll make this final stretch going into the playoffs much, much, much easier.
0: Celtics now 12th in offense, um, uh, 12th in defense rather. Uh, 13th in offense since the break. That puts them at just 10th in the league in that rating. Uh, Sounds like a 500 team. Yeah, 7-5, and five, 500-ish. Mm-hmm. They, that's where they've been since that hot, hot start. Yeah, you know, Just a little bit over 500. And, uh, and now falling closer to that mark, especially since the break. They've been a lot more average. So the urgency has to turn up at some point here. There's only six home games left, I believe. Uh, In terms of total games, I think that's just a little bit more than that. Uh, So not much left. Yeah, 10 games left. So uh, we'll have them all. We'll be here on Tuesday. John, Jimmy should be back, whole crew. Are you going to Sacramento, Sherrod? All right. Sherrod's back home, so we'll be remote for that one. Of course, all love to FanDuel, fanduel.com slash Boston. Go get your bonus. You just got to put in $10 on a deposit. Bet $5, Mm -hmm. and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets. That's a big shout out to FanDuel. Loved having them. Uh, And, of course, we'll send you a uh, T-shirt. These are coming soon. That shirt's fine. Garn Report. Loving it. These will be out very soon. If you sign up for FanDuel with fanduel.com slash Boston, just send the receipt to at John underscore Zanis, and he'll make sure to get you that Garn Report uh, T-shirt. That's it for tonight. Celtics lose at the jazz 118-117. for a blakeley there in utah go check out his story it's sharad.substack.com yes sir and there it is and joe sway causeway street cedric maxwell podcast new max coming soon
1: yes yes well if you haven't already though check out part two of the isaiah toms interview man incredible incredible stuff i might be might be one of my oh definitely one of my favorite conversations he's had on the podcast but um Probably the best one he's had in a while, for sure. I mean, it's just they they talk about everything. And obviously, you know, it's playing days and, you know, Pistons and Celtics rivalry, but the, also just the, the stuff that happened in between. Uh, Isaiah just, just crushes it, man. And, of course, Max did, did, did a really good job of interviewing him. So check it out if you haven't already. But, yes, there will be another episode as well uh, within the next three or four days.
0: Yep, and Garn Report going daily is now, now as well uh, on weekdays. So we will see you on Monday, hoping to get – uh, some good guests on here uh, during the midweek. John jumping in as well, as well as whoever else is available around here. The stories pop up with the playoffs approaching. Uh, so stay tuned. Subscribe. Celtics All Access CLNS Media. Turn those alerts on. You'll see when we're scheduled to go live throughout the week. Of course, our social media is Celtics CLNS on Twitter and Instagram. That's it. Good night, everybody. We'll see you Tuesday.